It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one Eight four four Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Commanders are close to 10 practices into their offseason program, and right about now is usually where you see a little of that initial excitement and energy start to dip a little bit, but not this year. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into this Thursday episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast and you can continue the conversation with me over on subtext at joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders where you can go one-on-one with me. You can also get some mini camp observation in real time for me via subtext and a bonus video every day following practice with some sites from Washington's practice that I'm not sharing anywhere else. That's the only place you can get it because I'm your host, David Harrison, D Harrison, 82 on Twitter credential member of the media and Washington Commanders beat reporter for Commander Country Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the Commanders. Here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, I appreciate your continued support for the show. Today's episode brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL. And when you enter the promo code LockedOnNFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every Order. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we are going to talk about a Sam Howell 75-yard touchdown pass. More of a run, but it is a pass, so it does go to the book as a Sam Howell touchdown pass. But first, we are going to discuss the three standouts from Wednesday's mini camp practice. And we're going to start off today's episode talking about the theme of the day. And, and honestly, this is something that was totally unplanned uh, yesterday. We kind of stumbled upon a theme of the day as I was getting ready for the show that resiliency, right? I kind of looked at the list of standout players and kind of said, hey, like all of these guys showed resiliency on the first day of minicamp. So I guess that's kind of our theme. Well, today I kind of turned, I kind of turned into the skid. You know what I mean? Like we kind of accidentally did that, but I turned into it. Uh, if you missed the day one minicamp episode, uh, it's got Emmanuel Forbes and it's got Chase Young on the thumbnail image. Or if you're on audio, it's simply the episode that dropped before this one. But you go through there and you can see 
Resiliency was the message. Well, today's theme following Wednesday's practice is going to be energy. And the main guy bringing all kinds of energy to these practices is our first non-player standout of minicamp. And that is assistant head coach and offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. I'm sure you probably guessed it. Assistant head coach, offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, not known as a quiet or reserved man. In fact, when we asked Jack Del Rio during a press conference about his impressions of Eric Bieniemy, the first thing he said jokingly, very tongue-in-cheek was, well, I wish he would come out of his shell a little bit. So obviously a man who is known for his personality, known for the way that he communicates, a vocal coach who is precise in what he wants, clear in what he expects, and direct in how he communicates all of it alike. Uh, to some, that can be viewed as a negative, right? And some others will draw motivation from it. Really, it's just a matter of perception and a personal taste. Quarterback Sam Howell has said that he's accepting the hard coaching that Eric Bieniemy is given, uh, giving him, and even told us that he's actually asked to receive that type of hard coaching and mentoring because that's where he thrives on. But it doesn't stop certain moments from standing out like the one that unfolded near the end of Wednesday's practice with the end of Howells and the first team's fourth and final 11-on-11 session coming to a close. The enemy loudly requested that his starting quarterback remove his unit from the field saying, quote, get off the field, twos up, end quote, uh, essentially removing Howell and the first unit from the field. And of course, earlier in OTAs, there was the uh, the famous moment where Percy Butler intercepted a Sam Howell pass and Eric Bieniemy, uh yelled at him, you threw it, you go get it. So plenty of attention uh, being paid to on how Bieniemy and the quarterback are interacting. Now, here's a little context, though, to to that what happened on Wednesday with the uh, get off the field twos up. Bieniemy had been yelling at each unit, first, second, and third unit all day, really during the eleven on elevens, the team drills, as I call them, uh, to get set faster throughout the day. Like I, don't, I can't tell you how many times because I stopped counting how many times we heard Eric Bieniemy yelling, "Get set!" to his offense, regardless of who the quarterback was, regardless of which team. Uh, it was that was on the field. And at that point, honestly, seemed to have reached his fill of the first team's lack of uh, what he wanted in urgency. But the energy isn't received as a negative, according to receiver Jahan Dotson, who told us, quote, it's awesome just to have someone that holds you to such a high standard, end quote. So for anyone out there who saw this quote and saw this report and is taking it as some sort of howl in the first team getting kicked off the field, that's not what happened. Now, was he be unhappy about the pace at which the first team was getting to the line and getting set? Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm sure that they got an earful in meetings afterwards. They'll get an earful in meetings tomorrow morning, and I expect to see it get better, honestly, on Thursday. I do expect to see not just the first team, but the second team and the third team all get to the line of scrimmage and get set for their plays faster. But again, I just want to be clear, every team, first team, second team, third team, they were all getting an earful about getting set quicker. And it's something that even when it's offense on offense, seven on seven, uh, whatever it is, Eric Bieniemy is always wanting these guys to get to the line, get set faster. The first team got a little extra mustard at the end. And you know what? That's what the first team should get. You know what I mean? Because that first team, you should be the guys that are setting the standard on the field that the coaches are preaching in the meetings, you know? So, so yeah, so I actually, so I do, I like the fact that Eric Bieniemy, you know, even if he just gave a little bit of extra to that first team about not getting set, I appreciate it. I think that's the right way to go about it. The enemy told Howell as he, edited, as, as he exited the field from that last 11 on 11 that the quarterback needs to get his guys set faster. He told him, Sam, you need to get your guys to the line. You need to get them set faster. I'm paraphrasing. That's not a quote, but that's the gist of the message uh, that Eric Bienemy sent to Sam Howell. So another challenge for the second-year quarterback. And look, the last time they challenged him, he rose up to the challenge. So we'll see how he responds to this one on Thursday. 
uh, in our next day out of Ashburn, out at Ashburn, third day of the mandatory minicamp. Howell said he appreciates the hard coaching. So does Dotson, apparently. And the second-year receiver is our next standout member of the commanders from the energy that he brought on Wednesday. But he's not alone. And the defense is going to get some love as well. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They also fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton because Bird Dogs invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement. Bird Dogs also uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And even with the kind of overcast weather due to uh, the cloud of smog from the wildfires up north, uh, it's still a hot one out in Ashburn. So I'm very happy to have some shorts on the way. I'm really excited because my tumbler that you can get is on the way to my house as we speak. In fact, some of my locked on co-hosts have uh, received theirs already. I'm super jealous. I checked the front door as soon as I saw their messages coming through. If you want to get in on the fun, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You're not going to want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Make a Locked On Commanders your first listen or view today and every day. Every day is make sure you come back tomorrow. We got one more day of minicamp observations and another howl watch before we hit the weekend and we hit the quote unquote dead period between minicamp and training camp. But don't worry, we'll still be here five days a week. We're still find plenty of things to talk about. We'll start diving into some roster uh, conversations, some camp battle conversations, maybe some fantasy football stuff. And of course, you guys always know. There's going to be rumors already rumors. Chase Young has been here uh, for one day, you know, as of yesterday. And there were already rumors about maybe he'll actually get traded uh, during the offseason. So we're going to have plenty of stuff. And oh, by the way, new owners coming in. Right. That's always super exciting. So before we get to all that, we got to get to the next standout from Wednesday's practice. And that was, like I said, receiver Jahan Dotson. Now, Dotson's kind of a reserved type of player, right? Not a whole lot of outward energy unless it has to do with something like running his routes. He has a lot of energy while he's running his routes and scoring. Uh, who doesn't have a burst of energy after they score? But this is more about the energy that he's going to bring to the offense this coming season, not by his outward demonstration of energy, so to speak, but the energy he allows this offense to disperse. If you're not already looking at adding dots into your laft- list of draftable fantasy receivers, speaking of fantasy drafts, you definitely should be, and you definitely should be have them on your roster. Now, we'll get more into round projections and all that later in the offseason, but the bottom line is Jahan Dotson is going to be a big part of what this Washington Commanders offense does this season. And Eric Bieniemy wants to get him involved with that offense. Dotson told us Wednesday that he and Bieniemy were talking at the facility on Tuesday after practice, and EB told him that he sees all the potential in the world in the young receiver and that it is his job, the coach's job, to get that production out of him. 
And I'm paraphrasing that. I don't have the quote in front of me, but that is essentially the gist of what Dotson said his conversation with EB was. Now, throughout the OTA period, throughout the minicamp practices, well, though, we have seen Dotson used in a variety of ways, and that's what's going to make him a sort of force multiplier on the field that's going to help you kind of disperse your energy the, an appropriate way against your opponent. So where should you expect to see, number one, Jahan Dotson lining up this season? Well, in the slot on the outside, in bunch sets, as the inside man in bunch, outside man in bunch, and even getting the ball in the backfield. Of course, you're going to see some screens, but I also anticipate that you're going to see some end arounds. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised to see Dotson get the ball in some Wildcat scenarios or even as a receiver in a Wildcat pass design set. Now, it's not that we didn't see Dotson used in some of these ways last year, of course, because we did. Uh, and if you saw the interview I posted on our Monday episode with Jahan, you'll remember that he said that his role in this offense isn't really changing per se. It's more so the language every day. You'll remember that from earlier in the week. But what I'm envisioning when I'm talking about him kind of having this expanded role is what we're seeing early portions that he's going to be more diversified, I think uh, is the best way to put it, versus last year, where maybe you see him 30% of the time in the slot, 69% of the time outside, and then maybe that 1% that's left he's getting like a screen pass or an end around or something like that. I think this coming season, he's going to be a guy that when the screen comes on for you at home, or if you're in the stadium, when they come out to the line, you're going to have to really kind of look for him to see where he is. And I think that's a little bit of where EB is kind of getting to is get to the line, get set, because he doesn't want defenses to have a lot of time to sub-personnel in and then match the formation that's on the field before we're snapping the ball. So I really think that what you should expect is that Jahan Dotson is going to be a guy that if he's on your fantasy roster, if he's your favorite player, you just want to know where he is, you're going to have to hunt because he may not be lined up in the exact same spot more than two or three snaps in a row. Now, during practice Wednesday, something that was interesting about energy, right? Uh, Candy Waller, Bowie TV noticed that Washington's receivers were a little bit more gassed uh, this time of year than they were this time last year. And I'm not saying that in an out of shape way. Believe me, these guys are not out of shape, but in a way that just kind of makes you realize and really drives home just how much more running these receivers are doing in this OTA, this mini camp period than maybe they were last year. I mean, there are plays where Dotson is literally because of motion, he's running 10 yards in, into the into the formation. Then he's running 10 yards back outside to the formation into his original alignments. And then he's running his route. And even if he doesn't get up the ball, let's say he runs a dig route or a, a drag route, rather, he's running at least 30 yards before it's all said and done. Now, if he catches the ball and turns up field, he's running even more than 30 yards. And that's just one play. You know what I mean? So a lot of movement for these receivers. Dotson even acknowledge that they're running a lot in these practices right now and also discuss the work uh, that he's kind of been putting into his body to make sure that his body stays right and stays ready uh, for what could be a breakout season for the second-year receiver. We talked about it earlier again this week. Every day, as you'll remember, Dotson has added a little bit of weight in anticipation of losing some weight during training camp, like players tend to do, so that his body hopefully will hold up better uh, in the second season. Again, remember that soft tissue injury that he suffered last year, nothing he ever really went through before, something he's trying to actively prevent uh, moving forward. Now, as far as his development, Bianami's role in that development as a coach is something that he is taking on himself. But Dotson also really appreciates the push and the mentality that Bianami is giving him and the entire offense. Says that it reminds him of someone very close to him. That would be his father saying, quote, that's kind of how my dad was. He saw the potential in me and he made sure that I worked to get where I want to be in life. And I see the same things in EB. So you really got to cherish people like that in your life. And I'm super thankful to have him 
as a coordinator. Again, that's wide receiver Jahan Dotson on Eric Bieniemy. So Bieniemy stood out and has been obviously standing out, honestly, for his energy on the practice field. Dotson also standing out for the versatility and the way that he can energize this offense potentially. But our next standout, well, he's been a fan favorite for his energy. He's earned all pro recognition as a special teams player. And if you never saw the video of Coach Rivera telling him that he was headed to the Pro Bowl for the first time, then you need to go to the commander's website, Twitter, whatever it is, and find it because it is some great stuff. Jeremy Reeves has been one of my favorite guys in the locker room since I got on the beat full-time last season. He continues to be, so I caught up with him after practice, and I'm going to share the interview audio with you, and I'm going to contextualize this this real quick first. So the first thing you're going to hear from me to him is thanking him for basically not destroying me. So at one point during the practice, during one of the 11-on-11 sets, uh, Reeves was pursuing a play, pursuing a receiver, right? And that pursuit took him out of bounds, which happens, well, at this time, coming right for me uh, on the sideline. And thankfully, I, I kind of tried to juke, you know what I mean? But he actually juked because he's an athlete and I'm, you know, maybe a former like amateur level athlete, but certainly well past those days anyway. Uh, and if he didn't juke, then uh, he would have slammed right into me. And, and I would like to think that we probably both would have stayed up. But let's be honest, one of us, probably me. Is probably going to the ground. So, uh, because I'm not the athlete that he is, I'm, I was thankful for him for moving uh, his trajectory out of the way so that we didn't collide. And, uh, you know, so I thanked him for that before we started talking. So, you're going to hear me thank him. But anyway, uh, later in the practice, Howell targeted undrafted free agent Mitchell Tinsley deep on the left side of the field. And not only did Reeves range over to get into the play, but he came away with a very, very nice one handed interception so you're going to hear me thank you for not destroying me but you're also going to hear his really really great breakdown of that play i really wanted you guys uh to hear that so here is jeremy reeves all right jeremy first of all i want to appreciate you for not running me over on that sideline <laughs> i want to appreciate you for that no doubt, no doubt. but uh that snag that interception man so just can, can you kind of break that down just kind of as you drop back what you see how you react and then i mean bring mm -hmm. that in like that's that's something that normal people can't do right um so basically i kind of peeped the formation you know pre-snap and i realized that they had a slug tight end on the back side on the single super side so I realized all my work was going to be coming from the right side. So I kind of stayed right of the hash, on the right hash. And um, as I got into my pedal, I, I was on vision. And at the same time, I was kind of pattern matching out of my periphery. And I saw Jahan coming on a dig. So I, in my head, I went process of elimination. Either this guy's going straight vertical or he's going to run a high angle seven, which he ended up doing. And so I just played off of Sam's shoulders. He was down the middle of the field. So I stayed straight back. And once he broke you know, his shoulders, I just broke on the ball. And yeah. so that was it. Fans are, are getting real excited. And mm -hmm. remember last year, unfortunately, not a whole lot of attendance during training camp. Not right. as much as we want. Right. OTAs, I mean, there's there's really good right. attendance just for OTAs minicamp. Right. So how, how are you feeling about the uh, the energy from the fan base this time of year? I mean, awesome, man. You know, that's it's always you know for refreshing to come out here and you know it's not just you and the guys right mm -hmm. you get that kind of outside influence kind of like a game right sometimes you're not going to always be intrinsically motivated by things uh, football is a very external motivation sport if we're being honest like that's why they pack out stadiums that yeah. plays a factor you know crowd knows everything um so it's awesome to have the fans out there out here to be able to engage with them you know sign autographs kind of make it more personal so um you know they come out here and they they know who they're supporting you know so it's, it's been awesome all right always great to catch up with jeremy certainly plan to record more interviews with him as we move forward in the offseason through training camp and, and all those things. Really one of the greatest guys in the locker room. So if you want to know who a good guy is uh, to support, Jeremy Reeves certainly is one of them. Next up, we're going to continue our Howell Watch, including a 75-yard touchdown catch and run for Washington's offense. That's next on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Powell Watch 2 of 3 for this week. In this segment, for those of you who are not everydayers, I'm charting Howell's throws during 11 on 11 drills, but also annotating interesting things that happen throughout the practice involving the second year quarterback. Now, Tuesday, Howell completed 59% of his passes thanks to a one for five set uh, of reps. But outside of that set, he completed 75% of his passes. So a lot of good, but also some not so good as well. Now let's turn to Wednesday in the first set of 11 on 11 plays. And by the way, I refer to 11 on 11s as team drills. So just so you know, if you if we're forward, if you while we're moving forward, if you hear me say team drills, you hear or you hear me say 11 on 11, they're the same thing as far as my vernacular is concerned. Now in the first set of team drills, Hal went five for five, so that's exactly what you want to see. And he had a touchdown pass as well on the first pass. Hal rolled out to his left, avoiding pressure from his right side from defensive end Montez Sweat before getting the ball to an open receiver. One thing to note: tight end John Bates, who is kind of pursuing the guy that was pursuing Sam Howell, did a very good job of communicating, was heard hollering, get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it, which you want to hear, especially you know knowing these guys know they can't hit Sam Howell, so he's doing it, getting in the motions of what he would actually do uh, in the game. Now, full disclosure on this play, though, some media members in attendance felt like it would have been a sack, like maybe Sweat would have got there fast enough. I say he got rid of the ball in time. Even those who said they thought it could be a sack agreed that it was close, so I'm going to give the tie to the runner, right? That's the, we're going to play by those rules. Even if you don't want to give it to him, uh, he still went four for five with a touchdown. That's still that's still pretty stinking good, right? So good rollout, good avoid avoidance of the pressure, getting the ball out for a completion. Uh, his second pass came against the blitz was a hot read to Logan Thomas that showed good awareness and strong IQ. It was a strong IQ play from how to get the ball out to Logan Thomas, the veteran tight end. Pass three again. The Washington Commanders defense brought a blitz, but here's where the touchdown came in because the Commanders first team defense was blitzing, but they were also getting drawn to the offensive right side of the field due to the route combinations they were facing with that blitz coming uh, in front of it. So when Howell got the ball out to Antonio Gibson on the left side of the offense, the vacant side of the defense, AG turned up field and everyone I was standing around agrees that he takes that ball to the house even if they're full contact, because there was nobody really around. There's maybe two defenders on the left side of that field, and they had blockers. They had numbers moving up the field with AG. So a 75-yard touchdown uh, due to the defense clearing out their own own part of the field due to the blitz, and then the route combinations uh, taking the rest of the defenders out of the area. A little bit of luck on the timing, right? You, you call the perfect offensive play against the perfect defense. Good play designed by Eric Bieniemy uh, and a smart throw by Howell, and then, of course, A.G. with the wheel. So more of that in just a little bit. That's smart throwing. His next two passes in the first team drill were both completions to Dotson on the right side of the field. One came against cornerback Rashad Wild Goose, uh, who's gotten a good amount of first-team reps, actually, this minicamp and, and these OTA periods. That pass was really well-timed because the ball was out before Dotson even turned. In fact, the ball basically was coming straight for me, and as the ball came out, I looked at Dotson because that's that's got to be the guy he's targeting. And Dotson's still running up field, and Dotson obviously got turned around to make the catch. Uh, so a completion there. Wild Goose really had no shot at defending 
uh, that pass because of the way that it went down. The next pass to Dotson was a curl route. This one against Danny Johnson with very, very similar results. Hal followed up his strong first set with a three for five second set in team drills, completing his first three passes. So at one point he was eight for eight in the team sets. Uh, but his fourth pass of the series was a dirt ball to Robinson. That really was the right decision. Had the face of, was facing a lot of pressure. Robinson wasn't really in a clearing. So he kind of just threw it at his feet, which I think was a very smart uh, decision by Hal there. And the last one in this set was batted down at the line by F.A. Albada, who is uh, very, very tall when he gets that arm extended up there. That volleyball drill by defensive line coach Jeff Scanina is working out really, really well. It's it's definitely paid off uh, some dividends here. The second pass of the second set, though, was a close one because it was a throw to the flat to running back Antonio Gibson, and it was completed, but not without some effort because safety Percy Butler got a really good jump, really good read on the play, and nearly picked it off. If he's a half a step earlier or faster, uh, I think he comes away with that ball. As it is, it goes down as a completion to Antonio Gibson. Uh, Howell's third set, again, he went three for five, but he did have an interception in this one. It was the interception we just talked about with Jeremy Reeves uh, that was intended for Mitchell Tinsley. One of the incompletions, I chalk it down as a drop to Cole Turner, and that's actually back-to-back days now that we've seen drops from Cole Turner, although neither of them was was an easy catch to make, right? So it's a drop in the sense that if it hits you in the hands uh, and you're, you're an NFL type of receiver or tight end, you should catch it, right? But again, no no shade whatsoever to Cole Turner because what he had to do just to get his hands on the ball was was very, very impressive. But again, you get your hands on the ball, you should come down with it. Howell was really impressive here uh, because he got the ball batted down, but he was adjusting really well after that uh, first batted ball and made some impressive throws over or around elevating defensive linemen. It was really interesting because a couple of those throws, like if you can envision it, where I'm standing on the sideline, I'm basically in line with his receiver, or his running back, and he's got pressure in his face. And when he's going to throw the ball, I don't see him. And, and again, I'm lined up with his receiver as far as how, the angle to, toward the quarterback. So if I don't see him, neither does his receiver. And in theory, right, neither does – like Hal doesn't see them either. They just He just knows that they're there, uh, but he's still getting the ball either over or around the blitzer uh, and, the, and the bat down pass, the, the pass breakup attempt. Uh, so some very impressive stuff there on on how getting the ball to his guys, even though he's got pressure in his face. Uh, the fourth and final set, how again went three for five, completing the first three of uh, those passes, missing on the last two. We completed passes over the middle to De'Ami Brown, short to Cole Turner, who had to bend really low to get that ball, which just getting down as low as he did, as quick as he did, was very impressive. Uh, and then another to Brian Robinson Jr. His fourth pass of the set was deflected by Montez Sweat. And that was more of a survival tactic. Like Montez would bear down on Sam. Sam basically just threw it uh, at his at his head, his helmet, whatever, his hands uh, to get the ball out. And it was deflected down and Sweat definitely was letting him hear about it. All in good fun, though. All in good fun. Uh, and the last one, there's a bad snap from Nick Gates, which if, if I remember correctly is the first bad snap that I've seen from Nick Gates in this mini camp OTA period. Uh, Hal just couldn't recover from it in time before the defense was bearing down on him. So he basically had to uh, throw it away after that play is when EB famously told the first team to kindly remove themselves from the field and called up uh, the second team. And again, mind you, it was the fifth play in the set, and every team set, every 11-on-11 session that we've seen so far, first team, second team, and third team, has been five plays long. So if you took it as EB cutting their set short, that is not the case. They completed their set. EB just was not happy about how they completed it and did not want them to stay on the field anymore. Also, want to mention that tight end Curtis Hodges made a really great defensive play on a pass from quarterback Jake Fromm that definitely would have been intercepted had the tight end not helped him out. Uh, you always prefer an offensive pass interference call 
over an interception. And it definitely would have been an offensive pass interference call. Uh, but you'll take that over the interception, live to play another down or live to punt the ball and play the field position game. So very headsy, smart play by the second year tight end who did not get a lot of uh, burn in these his rookie season. So that's our day two wrap up, guys. Coming up tomorrow, more mini camp standouts and our last howl watch of the offseason before training camp. I got a question in the YouTube comments about Howell's offseason interceptions that I'm going to answer on our mailbag episode Tuesday. For one, because it's a question that does have some layers to the answer. And two, we're not done yet. So I need to see another practice uh, before I tell you if he is throwing too many or not throwing too many interceptions uh, here in this offseason period. In the meantime, if you've got questions, again, our live mailbag episode is returning this coming Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern time here on YouTube. That will be live uh, and on audio. It will be there uh, shortly after that as well. If you've got your questions or comments on this episode, throw them in the YouTube comments on Twitter. Email me at LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com or send them to me directly via subtext. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Every dares, thanks for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. I appreciate you all, and I appreciate my subtexters. And remember, you can become a subtexter as well just by going to joinsubtext.com slash lockedoncommanders. Uh, you're getting some in-the-moment real-time updates from Minicamp from me and a daily video following Minicamp practices uh, as well. Just a little kind of a 90-second snippet of things that you can't see on my uh, Twitter feed or anywhere else. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. And if you have anything else Washington Commanders related you want to know or you want to discuss, make sure you also follow me on Twitter at dharrison82. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, which could lead to psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix treats both. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, 300 milligram dose, and adults with active psoriatic arthritis, 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.